Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury, with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan. Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast. This is Mariah, and unfortunately, Aaron is a nerd. Well, fortunately for Aaron, because she's wonderful at it, but unfortunately for us, uh, she is busy working today. She works in a hospital and is helping out on the COVID front. So hurrah and many thanks to Aaron and all healthcare workers out there these days. I am going to do my best to hold my own, and I'm really excited about this interview because I think we actually have some similarities. We're talking to Chloe Luckett, who is a brain injury survivor who works with Brain Injury Nova Scotia as a program coordinator and community educator, and also is a yoga instructor who works with Love Your Brain. So on many fronts, I'm sure she has a lot to share with us. So welcome, Chloe. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me today. And I also, I forgot to mention, Chloe also has her own podcast, so we're in the podcast world. This is familiar territory for you, Chloe. Congratulations. I know you're rebooting, (laughs) so we'll definitely get to that as well. So why don't we start a little bit with your story? Everyone's unique, and we'd love to hear how you came to be a part of this weird club with us. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I honestly feel like it changes a little bit, or I remember something extra every time I tell it. So I'll do my best. So in September 2016, just a little over four years ago, I was cycling in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It was probably close to uh, midnight, so really dark. Uh, At midnight? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not too many many cycle at midnight, do they? (laughs) Bad bad decision. Uh, I was working at a bar at the time. So yeah, oftentimes it it was late nights. Yeah, and I was biking home and was hit by a car and I probably only made it two minutes from where I left and then it it happened immediately and this is all most of it's told secondhand to me I don't remember a a lot of it I have that Um, too and so I constantly am remembering new questions to ask people who know about it (laughs) you know what's really interesting is they told me later in the hospital they asked how far I could remember back before my accident and I don't remember anything until about a week before my accident and they said that it's because apparently things take around a week to set into your long-term memory so anything that happens if the accident is if the blow is hard enough and I'm sure a lot of other factors yeah you have it goes back to about a week because things aren't in your long-term memory wow that's Um, interesting I've never actually I remember a couple things from like right before, but now that I think about it, I'm not sure what I remember from the couple days before. But anyway, keep going. Let's hear. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, was struck by a car where I was immediately taken to the hospital by ambulance, <clears throat> and they discovered that I had broken my neck in two places and had several brain bleeds. So they put me right into surgery and cut my head open, I guess, to relieve the pressure. And then I was put into an induced coma for about a week. Yeah. And of of course, I don't remember any of this, but my family was there and we just really didn't know what was going to happen. They weren't sure how I would be when I woke up, you know, if, if I would be the same, if I would wake up, it was just, yeah, it was not good. You know, but what's then, funny is, have you read the book, Where is the Mango Princess? No, I haven't. 
Another survivor, Holly Kostreski, who we recently interviewed, recommended it to me and Aaron, and we're in the process of reading it. And I'm literally at the part of the book where uh, it's written by the wife of a brain injury survivor. And it's I'm at the part where she's waiting for her husband to wake up from the induced coma and wondering, like, what is he going to be like? Is he going to be the same person? Is he going to be a different person? Is he going to be able to speak? All the, all of those questions and I, it actually, when I mentioned that I keep thinking of new questions to ask, that was something that I realized I never asked my husband about is like, did you have that question about whether I would come out of the coma, whether I would be the same, whether I would have impairment, or were you just confident that I was going to be the same person? So that yeah, stage must be really strange for the person who's not in the coma. Obviously, those of us who were are completely no doubt i mean yeah was was he disappointed that you didn't come out with like a great spanish accent or right. something <laughs> yeah, right. yeah or was i just suddenly going to be like a musical genius or you know right yeah, so, I, yeah. it's not it's not like the soap operas apparently i guess not yeah <laughs> yeah not as glamorous um damn it so <laughs> yeah put me back in yeah so i so I did wake up uh, when they when they started to bring me out of it. And again, I don't remember, but apparently yeah, I, I wasn't really walking at first. They they were sure that I would be able to, but it was it was slow going. I wasn't speaking in sentences. I was making weird animal noises like a cat call. I just kept on going and my parents were like, OK, this is what's happening. It's the new Chloe. Yeah, great. And yeah, I remember my very first memory. So I was in the QE2 hospital in Halifax, and my very first memory was being taken to the washroom by my mom because she didn't want me to go by myself and have a moment of clarity, see myself with a reverse mohawk shaved in my head. I had fractured a bunch of small bones in my face, so I looked like a human prune. I just didn't look like me, and she didn't want me to freak out. And it was the weirdest reaction i it's almost like when you when you're say you're in your early 20s you're going out for the night you get all dolled up and you're, you're like oh i'm looking good and then as the night progresses you've been dancing you've probably had a little bit too much to drink and you go into the bathroom on some point and you're like wait i do like I did earlier yeah it was almost like that feeling i remember going into the mirror and like if I if that happened to me now, I would be horrified, obviously. But I remember my reaction was at the time was like, "Wow, Chloe, like mm, you've looked better. You've let yourself go. Like it was it was really downplayed." And my mom was a little bit weirded out by how nonchalant I was about it. But it's it's because I still I wasn't even with it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, for the next few weeks I was in the hospital and then I was moved to the rehab also in Halifax where I spent another month learning to get my balance again learning to walk learning coping skills with emotions because that seemed to be a roller coaster I would just go through periods where I had none at all and then it seems like you go through the full spectrum in in less than five minutes yeah it is um, a weird fast cycle that's for sure yeah and then once i left the rehab they said you're not fit to live on your own anymore 
So I'm very fortunate that my family lives an hour from Halifax and that they were able to take me in. So I moved home with my parents for another about four or five months. And that's kind of where where the hard stuff really began. Because when you're in the hospital, you're just focused on the immediate of making your brain better. But then when you're out of the hospital, that's when you start to realize like life is very, very different. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's how it all well, happened. Like, <laughs> what would you say? I know exactly what you mean about like leaving the hospital. Aaron and I were talking about this a couple episodes ago. Like actually, it's kind of like suddenly the medical attention is off of you and you realize you're on your own for a lot of it and you've got to figure out what needs attention without a whole lot of medical support. I mean, you can have visiting help, like, you know, like I had visiting nurses and an occupational therapist and I had a couple other folks, but I still felt really on my own. Did you have a similar experience? How did you cope with that and identify where you needed to be working on things yourself? Again, I was, my family's so supportive. So that was, I don't think I would be where I am today at all if it wasn't for them. So luckily, yeah, I had them for every step of the way. But I think the the biggest thing is when you're in the hospital, you don't have any autonomy and it's, it's encouraged that you just listen to what people say and you, you don't really make any decisions for yourself. You just become really complacent as as the role of patient and i think that it's easy to let that role continue once you leave the hospital yeah and it just really takes it takes a toll on your confidence and i think you continue not to make decisions long after you probably can so one of the biggest things i think that i found challenging was the lack of confidence i just questioned everything that i thought I questioned all really minor decisions that I would make. And that kind of also plays into, I think a lot of, a lot of survivors have, or they struggle with making a decision about even the smallest things. And maybe that's, maybe that plays into it is you just aren't sure of yourself about anything anymore. And I think that was the biggest thing as I, really lost that part of myself. I wasn't, yeah, I didn't feel like the old me in the sense that like, I wasn't sure. I didn't seem as peppy because I was hesitant about everything. Yeah. And then where the, I guess it comes in early to the conversation. That's where yoga came in is prior to my accident. I've always been a really active person. Yeah, always surfing, running, biking, going to the gym. I just really am not sitting down until I go to bed at the end of the night. And then after the accident, suddenly all your outlets and your coping mechanisms aren't a thing. So alongside with that lack of confidence, you're like, oh my God, yeah, all I have, all I can do is just think about the fact that I don't know what to think. (laughs) Um, But uh, sorry, I'm getting on on a ramble. My welcome my, to our lives. <laughs> my friend in Wolfville, when I had moved home with my parents, was a yoga instructor, and she just said, "Why don't you come to my class?" And I, I think I'd maybe been to yoga a small handful of times before, and I was like, "Eh, it's not intense enough for me." So I was very hesitant, and then I remember I went, and it was the first activity that I could do 
confidently. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, yes. And That's wonderful. That feeling. Yeah. Oh my God. It, yeah, it was so empowering. And I just latched onto it. And that was kind of the big thing that seemed to give me that mm, and that confidence back because it's, first of all, you're making the decision to step on your mat that day. If you're not feeling it, you're not going to do it. And then if you make the decision to say, yes, I'm going to practice today, it's up to you how hard you go. And it's, it takes out the decision because your body's only going to allow you to do how much you have gas in the tank for, you know what I mean? So yeah, and you have to be very conscious of where you are in that moment. I have told this story before. I will tell it again because it is very pertinent to this conversation. So I am admittedly very type A and competitive. And I was always a runner before my brain injury. And I'm the kind of person who, like, if I'm doing any sport, I want to win it. And I've always struggled with yoga because pre accident, you know, I was the person who went to yoga and was like, every add-on this instructor gives me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to look around at the people around me and see what they're doing. And that, you know, like there's a lady doing a headstand or whatever fancy thing. And even if physically I'm not in that place, I'm going to try to do whatever they're doing. So I'm, you know, like the best. But one thing that having a brain injury has taught me in the hardest way you can learn this lesson is that is not how yoga works. (laughs) You have to be in your own body and focused on your own self and where you stand in that day, in that moment. And that means not looking at the person next to you and not trying to do a headstand if your body is telling you that's not for us. And when when the instructor's like, you know, you can always go to child's pose. I remember being like, I'm not going to child's pose. That's that's yeah, lazy. <laughs> but that's me all the time now going to yoga. And I it it having an accident shifted my perspective completely. I actually went to yoga a ton in the um, months after my accident because similarly, it was the one thing that I really could do. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So your accident or your injury was four years ago. So how long have you been on the yoga train and you started by practicing and now you're an instructor. Talk to us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So when I was living home with my parents, like I said, I started to do yoga and fell in love with it. And then as I was getting ready to move back to Halifax by myself, I just before I had I had finished university, but wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I'd been working in a bar for the last few years and it's it was really fun and I'm I'm glad I did it. But when I started to go back, I just was like, this is definitely not a sustainable lifestyle anymore. So I just kind of said, what will I do now? And when I was in the rehab, it's, it's not to say that the rehab doesn't accomplish what it needs to. And the staff who work there are so passionate and they're, they're really caring, but unfortunately we're in the Maritimes and healthcare, it's a little, it's a little lackluster at times. Again, the people are great, but you can only work with what you have. And in the rehab, you you can't leave the building unless you have someone to sign you out. And again, I was really fortunate that I had family and friends there every day to check me out, go for a walk. And I completely understand it, right? Because you could have a moment of clarity and you'd be like, I got to go for a walk. And then you'd get out there and be like, oh, my God, (laughs) like, what? 
where am I? So I, I get it, but it's hard. And it, there wasn't a lot to do. And so once I left and found yoga, I was like, why wasn't this a thing in the rehab? Why didn't something like this exist? Great so question. yeah, not knowing what my next step would be. I was like, okay, well, if I went through this horrendous experience and do nothing with it, like it happened for nothing. So I signed up to teach my, or uh, to take my yoga teacher training with the hopes that when I finished it, I could then teach in hospitals or rehabs just to put in place what I wish was there for my experience. Yeah. So I, I took a year long training here in Halifax as a great program. And then not long after I finished it and started teaching uh, public classes, I had already been working a little bit with the ED at the time of brain injury NS. Her name's Leona Berkey. She's She's fantastic. And she called me one day and just said, have you heard of Love Your Brain? We want to bring it here and we want you to teach it. And it was just one of those weird moments when the world comes together because I'd I'd already fell in love and known all about Love Your Brain, but it was only West Canada and in the U.S. at the time. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to move to the U.S. I guess that's just that's what has to happen. And then, yeah, and then it all came together and. And they wanted to bring it here. Aren't those moments when the universe just aligns the best? It's just like something clicks and you're like, this was meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I didn't get a cool accent from (laughs) from the accident. So like, at least this is happening. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The universe owed you one. Yeah. Um, Can you, for our listeners, explain what Love Your Brain is? Uh, Because I've heard of it, but I'm not sure everybody has. Yeah. So Love Your Brain is a yoga program based out of the States. Kevin Pierce is a former snowboarder for the U.S. Olympic team. And in, I don't even want to say the date because I don't want to get it wrong. Somewhere early 2010s, he was training for the Olympics and he had a snowboarding accident and sustained a traumatic brain injury. And it totally just took him out of his peaking career. And he fell in love with yoga. He found, he practiced it and then found out that it had these crazy healing properties. And he was like, this is amazing. We need to make this a thing for everyone else going through the same thing. So he started this program called Love Your Brain Yoga. And it's, if you were to take a regular, what you imagine a regular yoga class, you basically take every pose and you break it down into, let's say like, three or four movements so it's restorative it's really slowed down it accommodates for a lot of symptoms that go along with brain injuries like vestibular problems vertigo i was gonna ask you about stimulation and it's so common yeah yeah and from the series that i have taught so far yeah a lot of the clients have said i didn't think i'd ever be able to practice yoga before but now that they know the accommodations and it's it's amazing because once they've taken the series, they can then apply that. They can they can oftentimes go to a regular class, but they just do their own modifications. And yeah, it's really powerful. And there's a cool aspect to it. You do the modified yoga practice in the in the program. And then the after part is that you have kind of a community style chat with the members that go to the class for the whole six weeks. And every week, the theme that you talk about builds on something else so 
one week talks about resilience, how you find that, uh, you talk about how to find and practice mindfulness, just stuff that can really help and make enjoyment of every day a little bit easier and more doable after a brain injury. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I'm curious to know, I think there are a lot of people out there who have not tried yoga who are like, you know, I'm not sure if it would really do much for me. What would you say to those people who are recovering from brain injury who, you know, are maybe on the cusp of trying, like what would push them over? Give them your pitch. (laughs) (laughs) I would say the breath work is the biggest thing. I mean, if you are coming out of hospital or rehab, I have no doubt that a physiotherapist or anyone you've been working with has probably mentioned the importance of of breath and how it's linked to your nervous system. And they're not just, they're not just making it up. Uh, It's huge, you know, just from my own experience, it reduced my anxiety tenfold. That was one of the biggest things that I noticed. Um, Yeah, it just draws you a little bit closer to your body and it honestly just feels like witchcraft or something. <laughs> Anxiety, sleep got better. All the kind of things that you, yeah, that that you don't know how to put work into, you know, because how do you really, like you can journal your heart out and sometimes that's not gonna make your anxiety better. You can, yeah, you can listen to whale music, use essential oils, but sometimes that's just not gonna help sleep. Like I feel like I went through all the things to try and help. I've never tried whale music. Maybe I need to add that to the list. (laughs) Yeah, I might have made that up. (laughs) But uh, that was the two big things that it really helped me with. Yeah. So, and I feel like those are, those are the two, two of the big things that I have always heard that happen after, whether it's a concussion or a TBI or or any kind of hen injury, it always seems to be sleep and anxiety. And I think the two perpetuate each other as well. So I think they're the most prominent and they're the hardest to fix. And yeah, yoga was was a big step for that. So that, I guess that would be my pitch. I am curious to know because I had vertigo after my accident and I still, it flares up here and there. It's not usually terrible, but how do you accommodate someone who has vestibular issues like that in yoga? Because I think that would be a major fear. Like it took me a little while to get to yoga because I had to go through vestibular rehab to to be able to like even consider it. So what would you say to someone who's dealing with that? So in in a typical yoga movement, it's a sun salutation and that's the fluid motion where you reach overhead And then you bend all the way down to your toes, you lift halfway, so you're 90 degrees, and then you fold again. And that's how the movement would go in a conventional class. In Love Your Brain, though, you reach up and your head always stays above your heart. So when you reach up, you pause halfway down and you stay there, you spread your arms out, and you take a full breath just at the halfway And then you fold and you place your hands on a prop or some kind of block so that you never, you're never really dipping your head below your heart. It's always lifted. And there's no, there's no guarantees, of course, some it's vertigo and vestibular stuff is still going to affect some people. But um, for the most part, the poses always focus on 
keeping your gaze on one spot and always keeping your head above your heart because it seems to be the trigger as soon as as soon as you dip below parallel. So that's the big thing. And it's just really breaking down. Yeah. And it, it's, it just really seems to work and not for everyone, but for most. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty special. I've taught, I think five or six series now since we brought it here a couple years ago. And so each series is six weeks long and you have, around 10 to 15 people in each series and the same people will come to the session every week so they're also all getting to know each other a little bit because i think we can all agree that you feel a little isolated after Mm -hmm. brain injury things things change and it's sometimes hard to maintain friendships because you're you're just maybe not the old you and so that's a really cool part of it is that a lot of people leave with a new friend they leave with someone they found a connection with over commonalities and yeah yeah that's an amazing bonus honestly because i mean that's why aaron and i started this podcast is we were lucky enough to have each other even though our brain injuries are incredibly different like they maybe couldn't be a whole lot more different but just the fact that we could talk to each other about it was helpful but so many don't have that and don't know how to even find someone who has dealt with something similar. So it's nice. It's like a bonus. You you know, yeah. like maybe you find a buddy or someone to talk to about it, which is the most helpful thing ever, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. so, so it was yoga that brought you to brain injury and us. Yeah. So Leona, former ED at the time, had helped me bring Love Your Brain here. And then... So I'm so bad with time. About a year later or so, maybe more, maybe two years, it doesn't matter. She said, you know, we're actually finding that there's a couple gaps that need to be filled in our organization. It's uh, Brain Injury NS is a really small. There's only about four team members altogether. But she just said, we have a gap that needs to be filled. We want to find more programs to fill those gaps. And we also want a survivor who wants to speak about their experience and get people on board with that. And yoga is, it's pretty trendy. People, (laughs) young people want to do it. And that makes, that kind of broke the ice of like, how do we talk to young people about brain injuries? Because it's invisible and like, it's not really a sexy subject. A lot of people don't even, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't even know about it. So we basically were like, okay, we're going to bring all these things together. So that's how I got in to brain injury. NS was through the love your brain yoga program. Really? Cool. We, yeah, as a program coordinator, we started a very similar program to the love your brain through brain injury NS, and it was offered more frequently and allowed more people to participate because love your brain has, you have to meet a couple criteria. So some people are excluded from it, unfortunately. So Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, like uh, a lot of congenital uh, things are excluded because you need to be mobile. You, you have to have full verbal comprehension abilities. And so unfortunately, that excludes some people. Mm-hmm. So at Brain Injury NS, we just said where we have the capacity and the ability to have smaller classes and be able to accommodate for those things. Yeah. So we added that in. Cool. 
And then I've just been doing my best to, to talk to the Maritimes and make brain injury a sexy, trendy subject. Uh, let me know when you've achieved it. I'd love to, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be able to declare that this is a glamorous <laughs> life. <laughs> so I'm curious about programming. I mean, obviously, you know, before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit about what 2020 has done to programming, but I'm curious to know a little bit about how you guys have pivoted because of COVID and uh, hopefully there's a light at the end of this tunnel, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is a, an interesting community. So what, how do you, pivot and what kind of offerings do you have for folks? The original pivot when all this started last year was we basically just did a really big sweep first of our whole member list, which is close to a thousand people, I think. And we basically just did home calls. We called as many people on the list as we can and just said, are you okay? And we just want to let you- <laughs> it was yeah it was I just said how are you like this is a really hard time we just want you to know we're thinking of you you're not alone we were able to get a couple grants so we were able to give some people grocery store gift cards because again I think a lot of the clients if you can't return to work after an injury like chances are you might be you might be struggling financially Anyway, so that part was really interesting. It's it was invaluable without a doubt. But holy smokes, that was I was really new to the job at this point because I started in around February, and then three weeks later we were. Oh my gosh, that was the timing! Wow. (laughs) These calls and that's a really loaded question to ask someone with a brain injury during a pandemic. How are you? Like some of us have no filters. Sometimes people wanted to tell me everything that was wrong done to them from like birth up until present. And I was like, I bet. I was like, look at my watch. I'm like, it's like an hour later on the phone. And I was like, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And I'm so glad we did it. And like, I'm grateful and the clients are grateful. And it, it was necessary for sure. But yeah, you like, sometimes you just have to laugh because it can, it can just be really heavy if you don't. So that was definitely an interesting experience of COVID. Yeah, talk about a crash course at your new job. Like, (laughs) you're getting to know everybody. Yeah. And then once we did our, our sweep and made sure everyone is okay and kind of had eyes on who might need a little extra love and stuff, we took as many of our programs as we could and switched them online. So like we were talking before we started, that can be a struggle for many different reasons. People, tech, I mean, I think for for a lot of us, tech can be really challenging. Mm-hmm. And if they're not financially stable, maybe they can't afford technology. And then there's also the fact that, yeah, screen time can be hard. So it's, yeah, it's definitely been interesting, but we tried to take as many of our programs as we can and make them online and the most accessible we can. And I think people are just really grateful for any kind of connection and just have 20 minutes to chat with someone. If they don't, you know what I mean? If that's the only time you're seeing someone, 
in a week like you're yeah it, it means something any social so, activity and when we're not in lockdown i'm still doing a yoga class in person we were able to get one of the studios close to us who yeah they said you can have class it's limited capacity but as long as we operate under under limitations we're able yeah. to do that and it's been yeah it's been really good the students have been coming and I think everyone's grateful for it. So when we can, we do that. And yeah, I mean, I think we're always, yeah, we're always thinking how long is this going to last and yeah. trying to come up with ways in case it is the future for a while. Yeah. And every time we think it's maybe over or would be over, it seems not to be. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, I will say it's like, you know, you have to have like three plan b's right now for pretty much everything so yeah. <laughs> yeah so i'd love to hear a little bit i mean i know why aaron and i started our podcast but a little bit about your podcast how it came to be please share whatever you like i think it's wonderful that there are a bunch of us out here trying to get stories told um because the more the better but tell us a little bit about what you're up to yeah so our our podcast is called between two brains and I don't know, it just became very apparent the more people I spoke to in life and then especially after joining the organization that no two injuries are the same. And I think a lot of people have this preconceived notion of what a brain injury looks like and how you get one. But the reality is that it can happen anywhere, anytime, anyway, any place. And it's yeah, it's sometimes just not what you expect at all and it's also so interesting because i think like eight or nine times out of ten it's invisible so there's so many people that you just don't even know have one so yeah i just kind of wanted to start sharing with people those different experiences and exposing the public to the fact that there's a lot of people out there you'd never expect that have some kind of wild story that then has lingering effects and causes for the rest of their life so we i've been bringing people on basically who just have interesting perspectives or interesting experiences all of the all of the above really one of before my accident i had a friend working as a sommelier and uh wine rep in halifax and she was 28 at the time i think and a year after my accident, she was away in Italy for a wine trip. And she's only 28. And she got really sick while she was there. And she just told the people she was with, you know, something's not right. And everyone downplayed it. And when she came back to Halifax, it's like a week later of not feeling well. She's like, I know something isn't right. Yeah, she went to the hospital and it turned out she had had a stroke and she was only... 28 so I yeah so just crazy stories like that I had her on yeah. and I wanted to talk about also how how I think alcohol is such a huge part of our culture and how it really plays into oftentimes the foundation and maintenance of many relationships people yeah so much social stuff is based off of it and I just wanted to talk to her about you know, that was your job was to sell, to schmooze people all about alcohol. 
what does it look like now? She She's not doing that any longer, but for a couple years after her accident, she was still a wine ref, and I just wanted to talk to her about her experience and what that looked like after and and her yeah her opinion about yes how integral it is yeah in in society and just crazy stories like that or I listened to that episode and that story will stick with me forever because uh not to tell someone else's story but go listen to the episode but I mean the fact that she was in Italy for as long as she was without having been diagnosed and you know I've I can't even imagine what that was like. It just, it sounded awful. <laughs> yeah. I think just that at one point they were like, oh, is it your period? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started on that one, but, um, but I'm um, glad to hear she's recovered well, but it is, I mean, you know, it, it's amazing to me that there is no brain injury that comes without a really bizarre or crazy or weird story of how it came to be. Um, you know, like there's, there's no story to accompany a brain injury of any sort. That's not even just like a little bit epic, honestly. <laughs> so. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was kind of where it came about is again, trying to reach the public because this is a, it's a bit of a taboo subject. People just, they don't know about it. And it's not, it's not at the forefront, but it's one of the most common and prevalent injuries happening all the time. And there's so much cause and effect. So I basically just wanted to just kind of wanted a way to make this more approachable to the public. And like when I have the podcasts, it's not always easy, but I try to make it a little bit funny, not because I don't take seriously what happened to any of the guests, but because it's already a really heavy subject. Like you have to make it as inviting and as approachable as possible, I think. Like, we, we all have to laugh about it sometimes, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to have some crazy stories on, and I wanted the shock factor, but wanted to make it doable that people could listen to it and and realize, like, oh, yeah, this is so much more common than I thought. You're not and alone. Almost, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows someone who has a brain injury. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know, do you have any words of wisdom or resources that you found along the way that have been the most helpful that you would advise others to look into as they're tackling their own healing journeys? Oof. I know, uh, it's a loaded question. Yeah. Probably a long list. Like, give me a few top picks. <laughs> uh, I know it's not accessible to everyone. So I feel really fortunate, but the biggest thing for me has been, and after my recovery, it's what I latched onto is exercise. And I think that can be said for a lot of illnesses or injuries is to just keep staying active. It doesn't need to be something extreme, but go for a walk every single day. Like it doesn't matter if it's raining. I think it's, yeah, I think it's so beneficial and healing to the brain to just get some fresh air. Um, yeah, I think exercise and, and nutrition too, or like when people, I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, but when people say a diet, a diet's not just food and exercise, just be mindful. A diet is also who you surround yourself with, what you're exposing Ooh. yourself to, you That's know, a great point. If you, 
sit on the couch and watch trash TV all day, which like no judgment we've all done. But we if all that's have our moments. Yeah. I oh my god, the last lockdown, I honestly think I probably ate at least twenty-five boxes of Oreos. Um <laughs> but if that's what you do every single day, like how do you think you're gonna feel? Um yeah, if that's all you're feeding your brain and then your body. So I would just say try to be try to be mindful and proactive. You know, yeah. You'll you'll your body for yeah. success. Yeah, what goes in will influence what comes out. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's a very good one. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. If you are listening and would like to hear more from Chloe or learn more about brain injury NS or love your brain here are a couple ways to be in touch or follow. So Brain Injury NS is in Nova Scotia, and you can find them on social media, right, Chloe? Yes. Okay. So check them out at Brain Injury NS on Instagram. And if you'd like to hear more from Chloe, she is at Chloe, C-H-L-O, Luckett, L-U-C-K-E-T-T, on Instagram and also check out love your brain. They've got a lot going on on social media as well. So anything else you want to leave us with Chloe, as we sign off for the day, thank you all for joining us. This is Mariah signing off of the making headway podcast for Erin, who I missed today, but she'll be back next time. So thank you all for joining and we'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean.